Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Alstead, sitting down with Keith Myers. It's Thanksgiving week, a lot to be thankful for, um, except for the Seattle Seahawks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm very thankful for the long history that we have with the team. We're struggling this year, but, you know, there's still some good stuff. Um, Keith, hey, hi. Yeah, it's um, it's it's good to be, it, you know, there is, we can be thankful for the Seahawks, but not be thankful for their current uh, performance and record. How's that? Is that, is that a nice um, diplomatic yeah. way of putting it? There you go. They've, they've been pretty um, pretty bad this year. And there's it's a lot to be thankful for outside of football. Friends, Absolutely. family, you know, dogs and cats and, you know, all that you stuff. You know, an awesome partner for um, a radio show. There uh, you podcast. go. Thank um, you. You too. So. <laughs> So, so here we go. Now, with all that out of the way, let's dive into what is currently the Seattle Seahawks team this week. So um, coming out of week 11, heading into week 12, Monday Night Football against the Washington Football Club. We're going to talk about that. Um, at the top here, just want to share some news uh, with Trey Brown. Suffered that patella tendon injury to his left knee in the second quarter of the Cardinals game. And he's done for the season. Ended up having surgery. Uh, the last time we talked, uh, we weren't quite sure exactly what was going to happen there, but it did happen. Statement from the Seahawks physician says that uh, Trey Brown successfully went um, into surgery to repair his patellar tendon and uh, medial and lateral uh, reticular tears this morning. He will remain on crutches for six weeks, and his rehabilitation period will be six to seven months. I expect him to make a full recovery. So with that timeline, it looks like training camp is a possibility uh, it is. Or, or the beginning of the season. Yeah, um, looking at, at some of the um, news reports that are out there, they were saying June um, would be a chance for him to get back. So he may be a limited participant through mm-hmm. all of the summer mm-hmm. uh, OTAs and, and all of that and mini camps. And so... He should be, I mean, he'll probably be a limited participant in practice throughout training camp um, just as they ease him back. But he's going to, he should be back for uh, next and, year, which is great news. And and we know that we're probably going to have to revamp the defensive back mm-hmm. uh, room for this team this, this offseason. I think we just do. And I'm not exactly sure. I'm not completely sold on DJ Reed over on the, the right side um you know he's 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 good but you know he's susceptible to injury and it just doesn't seem to be like premier um and 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 i'm not sure if we if we need pro bowl caliber uh defensive backs in this scheme or if we can get by with you know something less but it it looks like trey brown's a guy that we could kind of pencil in a little bit there as a as starting left corner um on this team going forward and that's a good thing well, uh, i think the I team think, at least needs one guy back there that we can kind of build around i think you have to look at 
um, you know, Trey Brown and go, okay, yes, we believe he's that guy, but he may not be that guy next year. I mean, the patellar tendon injury is, is, um, it's severe. It usually takes like just getting him back on the field for next year. Doesn't mean he's going to be back to the same level of play. Um, you know, with his knee the way it is and everything. So I think that looking forward, they do need to go and, and drastically upgrade cornerback. Um, and that's even if Reed and Brown are both healthy. Like it depends on how you feel about Sidney Jones and so forth. Of course, he's only under contract for this season. In fact, it's just bleak after the starters. It really is. Yeah. I mean, this, they, they came into this year with, um, uh, Akella Witherspoon as a presumed starter and um, Trey Flowers as the third guy. And both those guys are gone because they just kind of refused to play the scheme as it was, you know, drawn up. They just felt that they knew better and um, weren't going to do what was being asked of them. So they've been jettisoned off the roster. And you've seen that without them, the defense has been better than i mean witherspoon never made it to even to a game but uh flowers did and once he was sent packing the defense got better because they had people doing their job as it's supposed to be done and so that that's been a been a thing um but it it shows you that i mean they had they had guys that they liked uh you know in the off season but it definitely didn't work out and now you've got those three one of which is hurt um, now and out for the year. The other one is banged up, and we'll see if he can play this week. Um, Sidney Jones is perpetually in, in, um, injured and only under contract for uh, this year. It's it's the whole position group needs. It just needs retooled, revamped. They need to bring okay. in. Yes. they need to bring in a starter. They need to bring in one guy that they can count on. And, and the know. good news is, um, well, there's a couple good things. Um, we have $56 million in, in salary cap in 2022 projected right now. Yep. Um, we don't have a left tackle under contract. That's um, not we don't have a right tackle under contract and we don't have that's a center under news. contract. That's also not good. News. So that's going to eat up a, a significant portion. And, and one of the things I did this morning is I tweeted out kind of what I thought my simple diagnosis of what's going on um, because there's going to be, two camps in this off season, I believe a camp that's kind of a minimalist. Let's do what we need to do to kind of keep the the band together, if you will, and kind of rebuild and retweak where we need to really focus and keep the coaching staff. And it, I think it really is up to Pete Carroll if he stays or, or goes. And it seems to me that he would lean on staying because he is under contract and, um, you know, I really do believe that he's he's firmly uh, entrenched in this. He's got the, his ideas about what to do, what to fix. If he can, they can retain Russell Wilson. You kind of build around that a little bit. <clears throat> so my idea was that the offensive line is is really the culprit here in in a general sense. Mm-hmm. That if Russell Wilson had not been hurt and you had incrementally better play on the offensive line this season, we really could have probably came away with four additional wins. And it had been at seven wins right now. And we would be having a completely different conversation. We'd be talking about how we could get to 12 wins 
and and finish out the season strong, maybe even 13 if we only had one additional loss. And then we're talking about where can we go in the playoffs. Um, So to me, if that's true, and I'm not sure if it is, but if it is true that we were only maybe three offensive linemen away, plus, you know, a running back 1A away from being that team, do we really need to blow the whole thing up? Have we gotten to that point where the whole thing needs to be completely redone? Now, obviously, we're talking about an additional position group, defensive backs that needs revamping as well, maybe an additional three tech that could really have some some big game potential to kind of disrupt stuff and then tweak everything else like we normally do. What are your thoughts around that as far as the offensive, the state of the offensive line? Is that somewhat of a realistic idea of what's going on and what might happen in the offseason? Or are we really on track to kind of just blow this up? No, the offensive, well, the offensive line needs blown up. Um, They've they've got two players that are worth carrying forward into next year. In addition to Um, some young guys we just don't know enough about yet. True. Okay, of the the five starters, really of the, the six guys who, or seven guys who've played, um, this season because out of the five starters include the backup center Fuller who played a bunch and Jamarco Jones who kind of is the backup at four positions um, of that group you've got two starters um, for next year and if you want to keep um, Jamarco Jones around because he's that kind of um, Swiss Army knife backup that's fine but um, he's not a starter and so you've got three of seven guys that you need and yes, you've got some young guys that might step up into roles, but we don't know anything about them yet. You need players and you need starters on the offensive line. So um, as far as blowing things up, you, sh- you can blow that position group up. But then you look at the rest of the offensive like personnel, right? You've got a you've got a franchise quarterback. He's not playing real well right now because of the injury and and some other things, but um you know, we've got 10 years of knowing that he's a franchise quarterback, right? This isn't a, hmm, we don't know. We thought, we think maybe, no, he's, he is. Um, you've got two of the best receivers in the game. You've got a tight end, which is really playing well um, in Carl Everett. You've got another tight end who is a nice piece because he can block well. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, just, a, you know, a good player in Will Disley. You've got, um, you know, you've got some pieces. I like Alex Collins. Um DJ Dallas and, and Travis Homer in the backfield, but they do need the number one guy. We don't they even need, know what we have in Eskridge, you know, at this point as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, they they need to go find a guy like um, Chris Carson who can stay healthy, right? They need a um, they need a yes. they they need a, a running back, but the, but the so the offensive line and a running back. Okay, and the thing when is, you've got fifty six million to spend, and you've got seven draft picks, and, yeah, and, and all of those draft picks look now like they will be somewhat early in every yeah, round, except for round one. Um, Correct. But you've also got when you think about that, if you re, if you rebuild the offensive line and make the offensive line good instead of mediocre, um, do we need a new running back? And now a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. 
Football fans, who's ready to score some free bets? Now you can when you bet on any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you score. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on either team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 and older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Because behind a really good offensive line, you look. I mean, look at like the the offensive line. That, I, I think that, so. That, you look at Dallas is built. Yeah, but you look uh, at there, the, right? Yeah, but they have a great running back. You look at like uh, Henry. You look at what um, Taylor is doing now. Um, yes, but they've so also got... those premier guys under a a really good good uh, offensive line are really giving them uh, the the offenses that they're in opportunities to not be so one dimensional, and it, those True. are really hard to slow down. But if you have a good offensive line, a good offensive line will make a good running back look great and an average running back look good. Yeah. Um, if I you think have, that we're going to have to spend some sort of capital on a running back. And I think that's a given. Chris Carson had the knee or the, the, neck, the neck thing and he's under contract next year, but we just don't know. Penny's yeah. gone. Yeah. Collins is not under contract. We're, we're going to have to elevate some that position to they, either spend draft capital or go out and get a, a reasonable free agent not top end but something that's going to be able to come in we can depend on at least being a number one caliber running back heading into the draft i think solving that position before the draft would be a nice way to approach that and we have the draft capital to or and, and mm-hmm. uh, free agent money to be able to do that i think that's I just important think, i just think that if you fix the offensive line and you you know you you really solidify it and you build like a wall up there in front of Wilson. It fixes so many different things, and it will make Alex Collins look like a you know a, a legit running back. I think so. And so I think so. And he's and it'll be, make Russell Wilson just, look like a legit well quarterback. Yeah, yeah. that that has having an MVP type season because I yes. think what we're seeing this year in the Shane Waldron situation where they talked about blending that kind of quick up-tempo stuff that um, Waldron and the history of that type of offense comes from with what, quote-unquote, we were already successful at, which is basically the moon ball. Um, We need more time for Russell Wilson to have to Mm -hmm. allow those plays to develop if it's going to be good. And if if we can't even have that because it's not part of the playbook because we just don't have the time for those plays to develop because the offensive line sucks it's not good so i do believe that that solves a lot of different problems in a lot of different areas so it'll be interesting to see how they approach that so when it it comes down to it i mean this isn't a small thing that we're talking about 
they're looking for three new starters and completely creating a new offensive line. Um, you're looking at finding a new franchise left tackle. Yes. Like that, that alone is yes. like a I massive agree. undertaking. I agree. And you, I don't know why we waited so long. Yeah. Especially when you don't have a, um, a you know, a top 10 uh, draft pick, like finding a yeah, franchise that, left tackle. That, see, really now hard. that would be the, that would be the main argument against Jamal Adams is would you rather have your premier left tackle of the future on this roster or would you rather have Jamal Adams? Because that's what happened when we got Jamal Adams. We traded away two first round picks mm -hmm. and, and either one of those picks could have been the left tackle of the future. Now we have Stone Forsythe, which is awesome, but there's a reason why Stone lasted as long as he did and why he hasn't been able to kind of come up and, and take snaps this year and so forth. We just don't know what we have. Yes. He could be the guy. We just mm -hmm. don't know. Well, I mean, so. the, the reason is because he loses leverage. He's just so dang tall. Um, and he's not, so he's not a good run blocker because he, he has a hard time getting his pads under. And so that's never going to go away until he, unless he just builds enough core strength where he, that can, he can overcome that. Yeah. I mean, it, he, well, he's never not going to be a six, eight. I mean, that's just, that's the thing. Um, but he is a good pass blocker. And so, you know, he, he could he be part of the solution, perhaps, but we're not going to know unless they actually get him on the field and let him get some playing time. Uh, so, it, so it, let's let's refocus a, a little bit and let's talk about this Tyler Lockett thing you mentioned to me right before the show. Yeah. So okay. So um, after the game, uh, Tyler Lockett really kind of opened up about what's going on. Really, the struggles on third down was what the question is, but he was talking more generally. Um, and what he's saying is, you know, you watch, they watch the film on these teams and like Arizona has their defense has been primarily a man coverage uh, defense for eight games. That's, I mean, that's what they play. Um, so the Seahawks build a game plan around that tendency of Arizona. And then Arizona comes out and plays almost exclusively zone through the entire game. And so they just don't have, they haven't practiced. Um, how to attack this defense when they're playing or, or adjusted in game. True. But I mean, it's, it's the whole game plan, everything that's, that's drawn up, everything that's, that's put together is about air, the way Arizona has played all their other games. And then they're coming out and playing something completely different against Seattle. Okay. Um, so, so what happened with um, like uh, Carol or Wilson addressing the same issue? Well, so uh Pete Carroll basically was like, somebody asked him directly, you know, Tyler Lockett said this, what do you have to say? And his first response was, well, you're assuming that he's right. And then he paused because, you know, he didn't want to throw his player under the bus. And then he starts talking about, you know, some other things and some execution problems and, you know, uh, that kind of thing. But it also comes down to that they're just not making the adjustments in game fast enough. Um, and what Pete Carroll was talking about is that, you know, teams are playing Russell Wilson um, a certain way. Like they play, a, every team plays a lot of zone against the Seahawks because they're afraid of Wilson's ability to extend plays. They want guys with their um, eyes forward rather than turning around and everyone running away from him. And, and it affords you to get an extra guy back uh, at the back end of the of the thing to make sure that nothing gets over the top. Yeah, all the moonshots that he that he throws. So teams are playing Russell Wilson a particular way. Um, and 
it doesn't really matter what Arizona had done the previous eight games if this is what they're that they're going to do. This is their game plan. Like the Seahawks need to be able to attack what they're doing, not what they've done in the past. And so there's a a disconnect so a, between the game planning and the in game stuff. And we have a new offensive coordinator that's a young guy that hasn't had a lot of a ton of experience calling plays, quote unquote. But he has had a lot of experience in the NFL and under mm-hmm. some really good coaching. Yep. So where's the disconnect? Like Russell Wilson, I think mostly comes out and just says, you know, no, it's not that. We just need to execute. We need to execute the plays. Yeah. And, and we're having we're struggling with that. And I think that points more towards the offensive line struggles as as almost anything else because he's just yes. not having enough time to execute you know, the way yeah, that because, he likes to execute. Because the you know the the play as it's drawn up does not have him having to adjust to pressure during his drop right as he's taking his five-step drop yes and it um, is the five and seven step drops we're talking about here uh, not always there's the three-step drops that's where true where he's where just he's, immediately got somebody on him yeah yeah he's, and, and there's a lot of pressure right up the middle because center has been a major problem um and you know those are these are things that for him he's like you know, give me a reason. He's not saying it because he's not going to throw his offensive line completely under the bus, but he's like, give me a reasonable amount of protection and I'll be able to get the ball out where it's supposed to go. Um, but I can't because I'm taking two steps back, having to move to the side, having to protect the football. And that's, you know, um, stopping me from getting the ball out where it needs to go. Um, okay. That's partly true. It's also partly true that Wilson's just not playing well. Um, like there's specifically a, you know, one of the ones times when they got down into the red zone um, and he threw the ball into double coverage to DK Metcalf when he had um, Freddie Swain open in the back of the end zone if he throws the ball on time. And even if he doesn't, he's got Carl Everett completely uncovered with no one within 10 yards of him uh, at the goal line um, just after. But it, instead, Gerald Everett, just so you yeah. Know. What did I say? Carl. And that was the second time in this show, too. I let the first one wow. go, but I couldn't let the second one go. No, don't ever let that go. That's just dumb. <laughs> um, yeah, Gerald Everett was wide open at, at at the goal line, completely uncovered. He just had he had had to come across the field, and so by the time he uncovers and is just there, Wilson's already you know kind of locked in and is throwing to into double coverage. Um, give Wilson time. Give him so that, give him a chance to be comfortable where he can take he can see that okay, Metcalf's not the option there. Even if he misses Swain, you know, coming open early, um, because that's not where his his read was. His first read was locked on the far side of the field. Um, he doesn't have to throw into double coverage because there's someone in his face. He can come off um, Metcalf, recognize that Everett's coming across uncovered and unloaded the ball there, but he doesn't have that time. And so you have a bunch of different factors that are coming in here. And I don't think Lockett's wrong. And I don't think Pete Carroll's wrong. Um, I think what Pete Carroll was saying in his part is, uh, sure, that's a thing, but we can adjust in game. It doesn't matter that much. Like, let's make sure that we have, we know what we're going to do in different situations and be more prepared. And it is, it does point to a stubbornness though, Mm -hmm. that, that Pete has always had. And I've admired 
a little bit when it when it works it's great when it doesn't when you don't have the personnel and i think that's part of the issue here is we're talking about is we don't have the offensive line to allow the scheme to work properly so when pete goes into a game saying it doesn't matter who the opponent is or what they want to do to us we want to execute our stuff and 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 impose it onto the to the defense that's just not possible you know and that's why they went out and got waldron and and they made the comments in the offseason about not being one-dimensional that shane waldron and this offense is is specifically designed to allow the the offense to adapt to be able to to do what the defenses are giving them and Mm -hmm. taking advantage of those things and we haven't even been able to do that no we haven't they're not because they're not running the ball well and they're not blocking uh well whether in the running game or pass blocking and so teams are being able to take away from seattle more than just you know oh we're gonna take away the deep shot okay well then we'll do these other two things uh you know the intermediate passing and the uh and the running game in order to pull them out of that but if they can't run block does it matter and so, you know, and Collins has been doing great. I mean, he's a fighter. He fights for every yard. He's mm-hmm. generating a lot of um, push after contact. And um, but there's really no clear holes, you know, for mm-hmm. the most part, unless a, a play completely breaks down for a defense. Let me give you some stats on the on the season for the Seahawks: thirtieth in yards per game right now, thirtieth in passing yards, twenty second in points per game, twenty second in rushing yards per game, dead last in third down conversion rate at 33%. Last year it was close to 39 or 40%. And Pete Carroll said in the off season, that's one of the most important things that we are going to focus on to improve in the off season. So they went out and did the Waldron thing. They, they you know, and, and we're even worse than, than mm-hmm. we were before, which again, I think points directly towards the, the offensive line there. Some of it also has to do with the fact that Wilson's been Wilson Wilson was hurt and you got Geno Smith in there. Um yeah, but that's a small yeah, okay. It's not a small. I mean it's, it's a it's, three and a half game sample size. Yeah. That adds like, to the total, but quite frankly, we were dismal before and after that. We were better before. We've been worse after because Wilson hasn't played well. Um we but ranked thirty first in first downs per game. Mm-hmm. Only beating out the two and eight Texans, thirty second in time of possession, under twenty five minutes a game. That thirty has a second lot to do in with plays per game. Thirty second in plays per game. I mean, yeah. literally, it's just. And preseason, you and I, and damn near everyone else, was talking about the Seahawks being a top five offense. Yeah, and they started out the they started out the year as a top five offense. When Wilson got hurt, they were. Um, they were number one in the league in yards per play and points per drive. Yeah. They got the they when they had the ball, they moved the ball, they scored points. So, so and 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 conversely, the defense has allowed two hundred nine points on the season, which is fifth in the NFL. And overall, which is hard when to you believe, take given, all the metrics the, available, they're ranked fifteenth in the mm-hmm. NFL and in defense in DVOA, and they yep. started last in the first mm-hmm. five games. It's it's hard to me to believe that the the defense is is fifth in points per game, simply because they cannot get off the field, which is crazy, right? They cannot the whole get off bend, the field. bend but not break thing, but they're just bending and bending and bending and bending and bending. 
um, and you know, giving up ten play, and they're not uh, allowing play, the offense play to be on the field, which is supposed to be our thing, mm-hmm. which it hasn't been uh, ever since Wilson got hurt. But yeah, so you would think, you know, and yeah, the hard part is that it is the NFL. You do have to take a look at strength of schedule. It just is one of the factors, especially on a team where the margin of error is so small. Seattle mm-hmm. is that team. When you have a small margin of error, teams that are very equal to you or better than you are are have a better than even chance of beating you. And that's what's happened this year. Um, given the injury and then given the way that the, you know the offense plays well, then the defense starts to play well, but the offense reverts a little bit. It just hasn't all lined up for us. But you know, if, if you take everything out of the equation, the, our record and everything else, you take a look at the upcoming games, we definitely have a chance to kind of make things right and feel better about, you know, the season and what we have. And it really, I think, if you end up with a, a 500 record at the end of the year or, or maybe one game better, like nine and seven or nine and eight, whatever it is, um, you approach that offseason maybe a little differently. Mm-hmm. Um, more in line with kind of what I was talking about with, okay, let's tweak the offensive line or rebuild the offensive line. Let's focus maybe on, a, you know, a single player on the offense that could really have an impact, like a, a running back that could come in and really kind of stabilize that situation. We haven't had a running back goal. for three or four years, Keith, that's been able to play more than 12 games in a single season. Um, just to kind of have that rock would be, would be great. And then, um, on the defensive side, you know, I think that you need to focus some attention to the the trenches there, um, and and rebuild that defensive back thing and figure out what you're going to do with Bobby Wagner. Um, I'm not, I'm just not completely sold. There's a lot of folks out there right now pounding the table for a complete rebuild. To re- jettison, to jettison the the coaching staff and jettison Russell Wilson, or building around Russell Wilson. So there's kind of, you know, there's, there's, mm-hmm. there's the, the deep six <laughs> where you're jettisoning everything. There's everything but Russell Wilson. And then my approach quite possibly was the more likely approach. If you're pragmatic mm-hmm. um, is to keep, keep the nucleus together and rebuild the margins. Because if you really take a look at the metrics, around the offensive line play and stuff. I really do think that that's, that's probably the driving factor in a lot of this. Yeah. I mean, um, the offensive line play, uh, the inconsistent pass rush and the poor coverage by the cornerbacks. I mean, those are the different things and there's a lot of different ways that you can attack, um, addressing those things. Um, and ultimately it's going to come down to what we talked about in the off season, which is that the Seahawks keep retooling and just looking for, um, okay, where's that player that can tilt the field? Where's that, you know, get that one guy in um, that can make a difference on defense. But then philosophically, where are you? You've got all your resources tied up in safety and uh, linebacker. Bobby, Bobby Wagner, yeah. Um, and you don't, like, that's not that's not the philosophical way you should build a defense because... You, and it's not Pete Carroll's typical way. You want to build it, you know, on the in the trenches and at cornerback. I mean, those are those are the positions that are highly valued for a reason because those are the ones that have a uh, a bigger 
influence on on the quality of your defense. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I get that Bobby Wagner is a generational player at linebacker, and you do what you need to do to keep him and, and all of that because guys like him are so rare. They just don't come around. Um, You're going to have to moderate that contract, though, a little bit. I mean, if, if you can re-sign him to a, you know, a three- or four-year deal mm-hmm. extension and kind of take that hit a little bit and spread it out and push it to where the final year is void year or something like that, I would consider, obviously, having Bobby Wagner back on this team. I just don't know that you can pay him on a one-year deal, $20 million, when you have so many other things going on. Yeah, I think they're, uh, they're, the team. they're either going to have to rework that deal or they're probably going to or they're going to move him um yeah. 20 million dollars and, and quite frankly so i think things. that you're seeing a little signs here and there where he's diminishing a little bit mm-hmm. it's you know it's a long time to play in the nfl when you're racking up that many tackles a year and he's amazing with really very few injuries and being out at all he's just a workhorse um obviously the heart and soul of, of what the defense is but um we're just that's just going to have to be one of those considerations this year. At, at some point, they we, that conversation needs to be had in uh, the Seahawks headquarters. I just don't know if right now is the time to do it. Like, yes, ex- extend him. Give him. You do a, need stability in this team. Give him two more years plus avoidable third year, and let him continue to be the 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 anchor in the middle. And yeah. um, we cut his cap room, you know, down from twenty million next year down to. 12 or whatever um you know as far as his cap space usage and keep him around the defense is better with him than they'll ever be without him so do that but free up you know eight million dollars that you can spend to go three tech go get a three tech and to help him out because that's more than anything else a guy that's not only just a space eater but a guy that can create penetration and open gaps for Bobby Wagner to operate. So Bobby's mm-hmm. not continuing to have to make tackles five yards behind the line of scrimmage. You know, Bobby's really good at diagnosing stuff and getting in and, and, and stopping um, yeah. people for a loss. We just haven't seen that for a while. So we he's a tackle machine, yep. but everything's, you know, but he's, he's getting three to five he's, years deep. He's getting blocked a lot. And so he's having to come off a block to make the tackle rather yes, than exactly, just attacking, Keith. attacking the running back in the hole. So, Okay, so let's talk about Washington for a little bit now that we're 30 minutes into the show. Yeah. (laughs) Which is great. I love the conversation, and quite frankly, it's uh, Thanksgiving week. I don't mind going a little long with this thing. Washington comes in at 4-6. and Um, They've lost where they're expected to lose, and they've won some games um, where they're possibly expected to to win, except for the Bucs game, that Mm -hmm. that game um, in the The last couple of games two game win streak and one of those is the bucks and the other one's the panthers that were surging under cam uh newton mm-hmm. coming back um but they've lost against the chargers Bills, saints chiefs packers broncos um five out of those sixes are probably expected against tougher opponents um but they've got you know their offense is middling and their defense is bad um yeah. they're not unlike seattle only in reverse um, so it's it is interesting the matchups in this game. I think um, kind of favor Seattle on the road. It depends. It, it all depends on what team shows up for the Seahawks. Um, is it a team that's well balanced on offense that can kind of get get it done? And the defense plays similar to what they've been playing like for the last four or five games. I think we we get this game, mm-hmm. um, and it kind of starts. You know, 
a win streak here, maybe save the Rams game coming up where you can kind of build some momentum in the season and, and salvage a little bit. Well, this is definitely a winnable game, even with the Seahawks in their current state. Um, like I have been saying, you know, um, at some point the light's going to come back on for Russell Wilson and he's going to start playing like he was at the beginning of the year. This is the game um, to but, rehab Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I think this very well could be that game because he's going to have less pressure than he's had over the last two games. And, and Chase Young is out for yes. the year. Um, and so, and he was, he was the one guy that you look at and you're like, oh man, this is going to hurt. But then now he's gone. Um, the defense is bad. So he's going to have opportunities to sit back and read, you know, what's going on. He's going to have open receivers. The running game should be able to, uh, help him out and get him into, Mm -hmm. um, get him ahead of the sticks a little bit. Uh, and so this should be a game where he can start to really, you know, get the feel of, uh, you know, of what, what's going on. Um, and if the offense starts to take off, this is still a good football team. Um, we just need the offense to play how we expected it to play, uh, and how it played really in the first, you know, couple of games when yeah. the defense was still defense was bad. My concern is more the de- on the defensive side because even in this last game against Arizona, they gave up uh, twenty three points. They also gave up seven other points. Um, right, you know, it could that, have been even worse. Right, that that didn't didn't happen because of. Uh, a kicker that was having a really, really bad, bad game. And they gave up, you know, the, they gave but up. But they the were on the, the field f- again, 40, 40 minutes it, in that game. Yeah, but I'm not, you, you can't, you can't go, oh, well, they were on the field all the time because the offense, no, in the very first drive that Arizona got the ball, they had the ball for 10 minutes um, and went and scored a touchdown. Um, the very first drive after halftime, they, they, they had the ball for like i think it was 12 minutes or there is a reason that that arizona is nine and two yeah and those that reason has to do with the two players that didn't play that's that is that's true but come on you can't tell me that you you replace kyler murray and nuke hopkins with um well colt mccoy had the best game he's had in five years i'll give him credit Yes, you and know. why did and why did he have that game? Because, because he's we playing could not, Saddles defense. And, well, we couldn't. We couldn't. Yeah, I know. Right. So uh, you, we have issues. We know that. Yes. <laughs> um, but I'm saying that it 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 does line up fairly well um, in this game as far as matchups. Yep. And so I'm I'm really looking for you know Seattle to kind of come out and um, and show. And we've talked about. Seattle enough in this show where I think that we can probably just talk about predictions. We don't have to really get into the nuts and bolts of this game because it is what it is at this point. This season is, is, is what it is. And so what we're looking for is just get after Tyler Henneke. Yes. Blitz him, rush him, move him off his spot, make him uncomfortable. Do not sit back and play coverage against a kid against a dink and dunk guy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because he will, wait you out, take the check down for the easy six, eight yard completion and move the sticks and move the sticks and move the sticks. And that's mm-hmm. what Colt McCoy did to them all game long. I was very surprised. I'll be honest that Seattle didn't do more to get to Colt McCoy. Didn't send Jamal Adams, didn't blitz uh, Jordan Brooks or Ta- you know Taylor wasn't in there a lot. Robinson had no effect on on their offensive line. I just don't understand sometimes where 
I think that we could have clear cut advantages, especially with our record. Um, what are we waiting for? It's like, we might as well go ahead and just take some chances, find out what we have, maybe show some looks like you talked about earlier with Arizona coming in and doing something completely different to Seattle. Why can't we do that? Why can't we go against the, the trends that we've established on film and just have fun? Go, go let our players be athletic and have an mm -hmm. impact on the game and just um, kind of see what we've got, play around with some things, see what works. We obviously Honestly, know what doesn't work. Which what what they're doing. Um what yeah, and this is this is my my big problem with, with Norton, uh Ken Norton Jr. is that if you're gonna like the this 10 minute drive, 16 play drive, like you're killing, over and over, not just once. Yes, you're you are killing your players on your side of the ball and on the other side of the ball when when you allow that attack. If you're gonna give up a big play here and there because you are um you're blitzing and you're attacking. So what? You're not stopping anyone anyway. So at least get off the field, right? But you at least create opportunities for turnovers, um, you know, for sacks, for big plays. You can't sit back and give up these 10-minute drives and expect, like, anything to work ever. Like, get after these guys. I'm, I'm very, yes, thank very you. frustrated with, with, with the way that the Seahawks defense has been game planned for the last two years. Okay. So, so um, it's prediction time. Okay. What do you got? No, 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 no. I want, I want, oh, you're going to make me go. Okay. Okay. Um, I think Seattle does break out of its, its offensive slump a little bit. I think the defense um, does enough. And I'm thinking, um, 31-27 Seattle. Yeah, I like that score, actually. Um, Washington's been in every game. Most of their games are within one score. Mm -hmm. um, I see, boy, that's hard, though. 30 points for Seattle. Wow. I just, we just haven't seen that for a while. I just don't even know what that would look like. Um, but I, I need to go there against this defense. This defense is giving up a ton of points. And I think this is one of those games where it just kind of all comes together for Seattle. And it it truly can if they just kind of execute, as Russell Wilson says. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go like 34-27. I think, you know, Washington's going to score some points. I think Seattle kind of still bends, especially if they can score on offense. I think the defense kind of relaxes a little bit. And it just it is one of those games, probably an entertaining game. If you're a fan, um, and uh, Seattle comes out on top, and and they they need to kind of come out on top, just as far as allowing them to to kind of um, rehab their mental game. Yeah, yeah, this is this is the team to do it against. I think a loss this week, one is over. It, it, it mathematically it, removes yeah, it them from, the, and it becomes a loss this week, especially to a bad team puts the Seahawks in a situation where now you're like, now you go ahead and you sit Dwayne Brown and you play Stone Forsyth and you let that happen um, because you have no reason not to. You're, you're, there's, and, and you could probably do that to three or four other positions as well. Yeah. And that's just, that's the example. Um, you could sit um, Posick in the middle and play Shepley. You could, 
Um, I would do that. You know, you would you could give uh, DJ Dallas a lot more carries. Yeah. And as at running back and see if he can. And there's get a kid, a defensive tackle rhythm. too, Hewitt, that we picked up. You know, um, yep. this this year, let a guy come in and play off the practice squad, and probably a few other guys. Josh Johnson is an example yep. at running back. In fact, I would bring him in this week. I would say. Um, yeah, you just, need to give that guy a, a chance. Penny's not going to be here. Let's yeah, put Penny on IR if you yep, have to. I, or I agree. I or agree. If, if he has been cleared to play, do you cut him? Maybe, um, but he's gone. And he he, he was he started. Carroll did game say he had the play. best practice week that he's ever had in Seattle last week. Yes, and he lasted one play, and then it was that was it. He was into the. Um, medical tent and yep. then he did done. come back for a play he did come back and get a carry after this in the second half of that game so yes who knows where he's at with the right. tweak and we'll see if it tightened up this week or if it's good enough to go i don't yeah, know whatever yeah i know i i'm not i'm not mad at the player it just is what it is and yeah. I, you know medically speaking i'd rather see what josh johnson has because it'd be nice to to see if he could be in the mix next year. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You want to send us out of here? All right. So um, until next time, find me on Twitter. I'm Myers NFL. Uh, you can find Bill on Twitter at uh, NWC Hawk. You can find the show at Hawks Playbook. You can find us at SeahawksPlaybook.com. You can find us on any uh, podcast um app you can find us on spotify we're also on youtube if you're watching this already on youtube please um click that subscribe button uh so you get all of our shows directly into your feed there and um yeah that's about it so until next time yeah until next time go hawks go hawks Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.